Welcome back, everybody, to Season 2 of Atomic Shot. I am your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Iggy, and joining me is Chief Godzilla Autologist, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, buddy? We're back. A Godzilla story, starring John Goodman as the voice of Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> that would be... That's that, that should be an edit somewhere. Um... It's Roars has just gone. It's just got John Goodman saying things, uh, but we're not here to talk about John Goodman. Uh, we are here. This is officially kicking off season two. We are officially out of the Showa era, aka the golden age of Godzilla movies that spawned a genre of movie and uh, redefined the word kaiju around the world. Uh, so it has now been ten years uh, since. The last time Godzilla hit, hit motion pictures, hit hit uh, Japan's movie theaters, because America didn't get the last couple of movies. I don't think so. At least they get Terror Mecha Godzilla. But so we're before we get into the actual movie itself, uh, we're gonna give a little bit into like why how we got here. Um, so this is reading out the Wikipedia article. So this might be a little longer episode, but um, it's fine because it's the debut. It's the season one. Season open. Season opener should always be longer in my opinion okay longer and harder yeah so uh this is from the wiki after the box office failure of terror mecha godzilla which i think tyler you said that that was the lowest uh or at least on the maybe i said or it's on the wiki like terror mecha godzilla was the lowest uh profit godzilla movie of all time yeah it was a financial bomb compared to the other godzilla films at the very least which is a shame because it's, it's a, actually a really good movie um uh, after the box office failure of Terra Mecha Godzilla, Toho attempted to re- uh, reinvigorate the franchise several times during the late 70s and early 1980s. The first attempt was an announcement of a color remake of the original 1950 form entitled The Rebirth Godzilla in 1977, but the project was shelved. A year later, it was announced that Toho would develop a film jointly with UPA Studios entitled Godzilla vs. the Devil. Through this, along with UPA producer Henry G. Saperstein, who Godzilla vs. Gargantua, never materialized. Uh, Godzilla creator Tomoki Tanaka took charge of reviving the franchise in 1979, Godzilla's 25th anniversary, and intended to return the series to its dark anti-nuclear roots in the wake of the Three Mile incident, which that's the incident you were referring to before we started, correct? Yes. Okay, you want to go into what the Three Mile incident is before we go back, before we go further? Uh, let me pull it up. Uh, the Three Mile incident was a partial meltdown of Reactor Number 2, a Three Mile Island uh, nuclear generating station in Dauphin County, Pennsylvania, near Harrisburg, and a subsequent radiation leak that occurred on March 28, 1979. So it pretty much... Most, uh, signif- yeah, it's, uh, it was basically uh, one of the most significant uh, accidents in uh, U.S. commercial nuclear power plant history. Yeah, interesting, because like, the last time it was the, the bikini atoll uh, from in, uh, in the original one, so, you know... Life, art imitates life, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, hoping to win back audiences alienated by the fanatical approach to Godzilla films during the 1970s, Tanaka was further encouraged by this vision by the contemporary success of adult-oriented horror and science fiction movies like King Kong, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Alien, and The Thing. A draft ent- story entitled The Resurrection of Godzilla was submitted by Akira Morao in 1980 and had Godzilla pitted against a shape-shifting monster called Bakan, or Bakan uh, in the backdrop of an illegal nuclear waste disposal site. Though the project was canceled due to budgetary concerns, in 1983 American director Steve Miner proposed directing a Godzilla film to his, at his own expense. Toho approved the project and Miner hired 
hired Fred Decker to write the screenplay and paleo sculptor Steve Zerkas to redesign the monster. The project was, however, hampered by Miller Miner's insistence of only using prohibitive costly stop-motion animation and shooting the film in 3D and thus rejected by the major American movie studios. Under pressure from a 10,000-member group of Japanese Godzilla fans calling themselves Godzilla Resurrection Committee... Wow. Uh, Tanaka decided That's to helm a Japanese film for strictly domestic consumption to be released jointly alongside Miner's movie. In an effort to disavow Godzilla's increasingly heroic and anthropomorphic de- de- depiction in previous films, Tanaka insisted on making a di- direct sequel to the original 1954 movie. He hired screenwriter Sh- uh, Shuichi Nakahara, who wrote a screenplay combining elements of the previous canceled The Resurrection of Godzilla and minor still unproduced film, including an intense uh, intensification of hostilities during the Cold War and a flying fortress which fires missiles in Godzilla's mouth. Koji Hoshimoto was hired as director after Ishiro Honda declined the offer as he was assisting Akira Kurosawa uh, with Kage, uh, Kagemushu and Ron um, and felt that the franchise should have been discontinued after the death of A.G. Superhara, who that is the original suit actor for Godzilla, just to mention that. Uh, composer, com- composer, composer Akira Ifukabe was offered to score the film but respectfully declined. At the time, it was rumored that Ifukabe refused to participate in the film due to changes made to Godzilla, stating, I do not write music for 80s, 80 meter monsters. However, this quote was later clarified by Ifukabe's Ifu- biographer Eric Homerick and Japanese giants editor Ed. Gozatsky, as a joke spread by fans, which was later misinterpreted as a fact, if we could decline to score the film due to his priorities at the time teaching composition to at the Tokyo College of Music. So, pretty much, and that's where we arrive here in 1985, almost... 84 uh, in Japan. 80, 84 in Japan, 85 in America, uh, 40, f- roughly 40 years after the original release. Uh, 30. 30 years, I'm sorry, 30 years. 30 years after the original release. Um, I'm thinking of the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That's what I'm thinking of because that's actually relevant to this movie. Uh, so let we are. This is the return of Godzilla. This is as the as the uh, article I just read entitled. This movie is a reboot, and it's not a reboot because it acknowledges 1954, like the only film that mattered. And that's and this is going to happen as we get further into the millennium era into the modern era. Um, I think technically we're in the Roha, Roa, I think that's what's called, Rea, which is peace. Uh, that's what we're in right now uh, for Japan. Um, uh, the, the 1954, Godzilla 54 is the only film that matters. So everything we just saw, nah, didn't happen. Didn't happen. This is another timeline. Does that mean we have to delete all those uh, four, other 14 reviews off of the website then? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Thankfully not. I, that would that would yeah. So that's the equivalent um, of like having an RPG and uh, getting near the end, but your younger sibling deletes everything, and you have to start the game all over. Yeah. Oh God. So let's run over the credits before for this is for the return of Godzilla, directed by Koji Hashimoto, produced by Tomiyuki Tanaka, screenplay by Shuji Nakahara, story by Tomiyuki Tanaka, starring Ken Tanaka. Yasuko Sakaguchi, Yosuke Natsuki, Keiji Kobayashi, Kenpachiro Satsuma, and a lot of these are brand new names. Music by Reijiro Koruka, cinematography by Katsumi Uehara, um, and this was released December 15th, 1984, with a runtime of 103 minutes. 
uh, with a budget of six point twenty five million, with a uh, box office of two two point eight billion yen. So yeah, here, it did financially better in Japan than it did in America, and we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll talk about the American version at the at the end of it. So this is a very different movie because then the this is like it's such a tonal shift, like going from the seventies, the late sixties, seventies era um, of Godzilla films to now we're here, where. I don't know how to say. Like, how how do you feel about this decision to re, to like basically stop with the antics, stop making anthropomorphized? We need to make them not necessarily evil, but we need to make them a force again. Um, I respect the decision to uh, make Godzilla an antagonistic force in nature again, uh, considering this is the thirtieth anniversary of the original film, and. Uh, this film carries the spirit of that film, where it's basically an anti-nuke message, but it's a bit more modernized since it takes place uh, during the Cold War. Right, exactly, and it's it's definitely in the Cold War. So let, let's let's get the story. The story is actually very simple when you break it down. It's it's easily the simplest of the of the uh, of the Heisei era because it only gets batshit from here, which is odd. Because you would think, like, the, when you watch this movie, you would think the, the the rest of the movie is like this. Like, no, it just goes more insane. Um, even, I think even more insane than the I Showa mean, that's era what did. happened in the Showa era. So why true, would you're right. Here, it's, it starts off very grounded, and all of a sudden, wait, what do you mean we have time travel? What the fuck? That's a tease for a future episode. Um, oh no, yes. Uh, so um the story is basically it opens up with uh these uh these uh, uh an eruption first and you hear that infamous roar uh and then all of a sudden we cut to these uh these people these men on on a boat during a storm and uh they hear that infamous roar um and all of a sudden like they go missing until uh a somebody um until they're discovered um by uh by us, by Naoko, who's the who's the, who finds him on the uh, he uh, he finds him on the boat, and they're all demum- they're all mummified. Um, yeah, that was a really good effect. Uh, those yeah, mummified corpses. Yeah, they're 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 mummified by this giant sea thing. I don't know. It was like a bug. Uh, apparently it's a giant louse. Giant louse, and it's it's freaky. Like it's it's uh. It's really, it's really, really freaky. Um, kind of reminds me of the face huggers from Alien. Oh, by the way, it was not Naoko. Um, I believe it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not Naoko. Naoko is the is the sister who plays is in this movie. Um, yeah, it's, but it's Goromaki. It's Goromaki. Yeah, which I was like, is that Goromaki? Sorry. Uh, it was very late when I watched this movie, and I apologize. I'm gonna do better on this time to like put. I'm gonna put pictures and like, like this is this. this yeah. I... I finished watching the film thir- uh, thirty minutes before we started, so it's still fresh in my mind. Yeah, so he 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 finds him on the boat, and he finds one survivor, and I believe um, that is uh, Ta- Ta- Takuma, right? Because I know Naoko. It's the, Akumura. Yeah, it, yeah, Akumura. Yeah, that, that's the actor. Shin Takuma is uh, that's a, such an awesome name. Um, uh, Akumura is is the found only one alive. And so he's taken into government uh, pr- uh, custody because they don't want people to know that, hey, 
Remember that problem we had 30 years ago? It's kind of back. Um, yeah, that would freak people the fuck out. Like, yeah. no joke. No, no shit. Yeah, goddamn. Um, and so, and then, and this is where the movie gets interesting, in my opinion. So eventually, we cut to Russian, a Russian sub, which, this is the height of the Cold War, right? The Cold War's been going on since the end of World War Two. If you don't know what the Cold War is, fuck, why aren't you paying attention in history class? Um... But uh, in in the the, the Russians are in, you cut to some Russians, which they actually got Russians. Like at least they got people who spoke Russian, uh, which was actually I think lend to the authenticity of the of the scene. Um, and they're being approached with see what is Godzilla, but they can't see it because they only have radar. Um, and Godzilla destroys the sub, which sends off a whole set of fireworks. Where basically the U.S. is they're saying the, the USSR is basically saying. You you shot us down. No, we didn't. You were trying to do it on us, and basically now it becomes you know it's a nuclear arms race. Every, you know, three seconds to midnight, the doomsday clock. Nuclear meltdown is imminent between this between the Soviet Union and the United States. And, and of course, all... Japan is caught in the middle because Godzilla is wrecking everyone's shit. Exactly. So all because and so basically, then Japan is like, well, we have to tell people now so we cannot cause. We can stop this international incident from happening. Um, and then pretty much then it's a Godzilla fest. Where Godzilla comes up and he wrecks shit. But a lot of that is interwoven with Japan's past. With the... with the I, I'm going to say with the... With the uh, them being attacked. Uh, having the... You know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki being bombed the way it was. Uh, Godzilla, of course, in the fictional reality of this universe we're in. And then being caught between the two superpowers... Of the United States and the Soviet Union, which is my favorite scene in the movie besides the Godzilla stuff. Um, but we'll get more into that in a minute. Um, and it, it's a really interesting political, like, intertwined with this movie. No, like, like, like. So, let's talk about that. Like, the son is the story. And, and then ultimately they try to stop, Godzilla goes on a rampage. They try to stop him. And they and it works. <laughs> they, they, they do stop Godzilla. Um, and we'll get into how he stopped, how he stopped later. But... How do you feel about th- this, Tyler? That Fifty Four wasn't exactly a realistic movie. Like Godzilla was still very much a creature of myth. It Japan was kind of it was like just the Japan only thing. You ne- like you didn't hear outside interference or like other world powers getting involved. Granted, nineteen fifty four is a much different world than nineteen eighty five, and yeah. so you didn't have like versus in eighty five you have more global communications. The world's more connected at this point. But how do you feel that, that Toho decided we need to make this movie not necessarily political, but politically inclined with inviting both the U.S. and the USSR as basic, not necessarily, and I, I want to say antagonizers to Japan in this case? Um, I think it works uh, because uh, this is uh, the kind of thing that would happen in the real world, you know, if a giant monster attacked uh, or whatever. Uh, I would think that uh, that these uh, superpowers colliding together, trying to come to a consensus of how to deal with this problem, um, I think mm-hmm. it's all good stuff, and uh, it makes a pretty good uh, political commentary. Yeah, it's it's very much like, uh, my, and the best scene in the movie, and it's unfortunately it's not that well acted, um, and we'll get to more on like the human actors in a moment. But the best scene in the movie is when you have the Prime Minister of Japan sitting, basically, like, like they're, I'm assuming it's like their diplomatic, like the, um, 
like their embassy, like this where they house these other like other diplomats. And you have on one side of the table the the Russian uh, diplomat uh, amb- ambassador. I don't think that's their official title, so that's what I'm going to call them. Russian ambassador, the American ambassador, basically trying to convince the United States to use because they know Godzilla is a thing. Like you must let us use nuclear weapons on Japanese soil, which I went like, oh, you went there, didn't you? Yeah, that that really rubs people uh, rub that dude the wrong way. Yeah, I'll, and, I'll say that much. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's like like you know, and it's such a tense scene because you don't know what if like you've never seen this movie before, you don't know what the prime minister is going to say. Like, is is you know, can a nuclear a nuke stop Godzilla? Uh, there's no oxygen destroyer this time around. I don't think they mention Doctor Sarazawa at all, though. Do they? I don't think they do. No, they don't. Okay, that's kind of a miss. Um, I feel like they could have... They, they show it, and like, I figure, well, we don't have Dr. Zarazawa's... Uh, um, well, to be fair, they destroyed the plans for the Auction Destroyer in the first film anyway, so how are they going to recreate that, you know? True. It, I would have just like the throwaway line, you know, like, like well, we, we, we stopped him, this is how we stopped him, but we don't have the plans or something. It would have been a nice mention to... It was to probably connect. lost to time. Who knows? True, true, true. Um... But I think it, I think it adds to the drama, in all honesty, and especially when you go further on as Godzilla's rampaging, um, a uh, he attacks a Russian ship, and through just sheer bad luck, um, one of the things gets hit to launch a nuclear missile. Yeah, it definitely gets bad uh, from that point onward. It's it's so like this and honestly like Godzilla's scary in this movie, but the scariest part in it is the, it's just the threat of nuclear weapons because the fact that like there's there's a there's a scene in this movie where you see the Russian satellite in the United in the U.S. satellite and they have nuclear weapons just aiming at the planet just floating around. That's terrifying. Just have fucking satellite cannons. That's scary yeah, shit. Exactly. Um... Hell, they probably have now. They have like those now. They're probably up there right now watching you. Ready to like? Okay, am I gonna click it? No. Um, I, I I think I think it does lend. I think that's the biggest strength of this movie. In all honesty, it is the tie to the real world. Yeah. And, and I think my favorite part is when the prime minister, who I think he's the best actor in this movie. Um, well, I don't think there's bad actors in this movie. But, like, just the fact that he, you can see through his body acting, his physical acting, like, the weight. He has the weight of the world on his shoulders. And he carries it. Like, you can tell he's tired. You can tell he's burdened by it. But he still carries on because he knows he has to lead. Um, yeah, kudos to that dude. Yeah, he, it's tremendous acting. Like, he's a lot of subtle things you have to pick up on. Uh, but my favorite part is, like, well, how did, like, they ask him, how did you convince the Americans and the Soviets to not just bomb the shit out of us, right? Which, that's so, like, I couldn't help, when I first watched this movie, I couldn't help how fucked up that is, right? Like, hey, we need to bomb your country again. I mean, granted, you know, there's a giant atomic lizard there, and we need to stop it, but that, that It's probably a, not gonna work, but... Yeah, that's a lot of, and the fact that they said there'll be minimal casualties and we'll have it in a contained area, bullshit... Um, like I just like that's the the gall to ask this country who went through it twice, right? To have that happen again, uh, uh-uh, uh, that's and that comes up actually a way later down the road, but we're a long way from there. Um, 
But my favorite part is like, well, how did you convince the Russians and the Soviets to stand down? And he goes, well, simple. Uh, I asked him, would you be willing to use nuclear weapons if Godzilla was on Washington, D.C. or Moscow? And they said no. And like, that's it. Such a baller line. Yeah, it's so great. And then he smokes a cigarette. Oh, (laughs) so fucking good. Now let's let's get into the actors themselves. Um, this time we're followed by uh, Goro, we're following uh, Goromaki, uh, and we're following Nako Okuma, who's basically the, who's the sister. Um, uh, Nako Okumura, um, Hiroshi Kumura, and Professor Makoto Hay- uh, Hayashida, um, and of course Seki uh, Prime Minister Japan Seki uh, Mitamura. Um, how do you feel? How did you? I, I want to know your opinion, Tyler. How do you feel about this this set of actors for this reboot? Um, I think this ensemble works for what it is. Uh, it definitely doesn't carry the weight and the motion of uh, the original Gojira actors, but you know it's serviceable for what it is. I think. Yes, it's definitely. I think it's an improvement, a huge improvement from like the last couple of films we saw in the in the in the in the. In the yeah, when you put it that way, it's a really big jump. Yeah, it's like and 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 I it's hard to not make the comparison right because it's a sequel. They're calling it a sequel, so it's fair game to compare it to a, like even the movie's thirty years old. It doesn't have outs, and that that's why I think the political stuff is great because it does. This movie does not have that emotional connection um, that you can can that that you, that can pull you in like nineteen fifty fours did with uh, with. Uh, Dr. Sarazawa and his plight. Yeah. Uh, but I think... I, I agree with you. I think they're serviceable. Um, uh, Keiji Kobayashi, who plays the Prime Minister, he, to me, he's just... He, I think he's the best one of them all because he, he carries the burden of knowledge and he carries the burden of how do I protect my country not only against this monster but against uh, this uh, the threats of the outside world, not the, not the outside world, but like other superpowers from telling us what to do. You know, how can we be bullied into this? You know? Yeah, definitely. And he come and to me, he comes off as, as a strong, as a, as extremely strong leader. Um, you know, by protecting Japan the best he can. Um, and, and I, I like, I feel like, and they, I feel like there's a missed opportunity with uh, the professor, with uh, Professor Hayashida, because they mention in the movie that he lost his parents to the original Gojira attack. But there's like, he, and, and it's interesting. But I think it's an interesting take in a way, because he's not vengeful, he's not angry, he just he wants to study Godzilla, which I find interesting. Yeah, uh, that's a really interesting take on the uh, vengeful scientist idea that we've seen before. Yeah, like he's very knowledgeable, but like he wants to use that knowledge to help prevent more people from losing his parents, like he did, which I think is is great. Versus like being him, like another vengeful killer who wants to stop Godzilla. Looking at you, Netflix. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and and like. There's some really good scenes with them. There's some really good, like, small scenes with them. Like, I think the scene with uh, with Goro and Naoko where they're walking in the park and they kind of just basically talk about their lives and you kind of get to know them a little bit better until ultimately he tells them, like, hey, your brother's alive. 
the government's not going to tell you this, but your brother's alive. Like, I thought that was a nice scene. You know, bad green screen of Tokyo withstanding. But oh, yeah, it was. It was so bad. But I don't think... I think, th- I think they did just fine. Um, yeah. I imagine they had a lot of pressure on themselves, but... I, I honestly think the writing, the strength of the writing went to the political side, not necessarily the human emotional stuff. Which, thankfully, the next movie wicks up more in spades, but that'll be for next week's episode. So, we have to talk about the Big G himself. Oh, uh, yeah. His, this is his comeback tour. Um, how do you feel about this redesign? Because they've redesigned him from the top to bottom. Brand new everything. I love this new design. Like, as soon as he first emerged to uh, wreck that uh, nuclear testing facility, uh, I was all like, wow, this costume looks great. Like, yeah. they gave him back his ears that he had in the original. And yes. um, I believe they also gave him four toes, which he hasn't had since the original film. So Yeah, um, normally he has yeah. three, I think, right? Yeah, he normally has three. And they made his face very distinctively menacing yes like he actually looks terrifying in this movie yeah absolutely and uh they do a lot of yeah it's like it's like he constantly has a scowl you constantly see his teeth um like like any of that friendly disposition bullshit that we just saw is gone this is a godzilla who's 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 a beast who's hungry and damn if anybody's gonna get in his way um, and somehow can regenerate his skin and organs. Hey, he's he's radio. He's based off of radioactivity. Um, it, it is what it is. But I like that he looks constantly pissed. Like every every moment, every angle, no matter what side of his face you're looking on, he just looks mean and terrifying. And well, my favorite I mean, part he should of- be exactly no. It, it, you're right. Um, and like he's down. Like I can imagine. Like you maybe like you're a kid. Um, who watched the show era stuff, maybe like the late 70s stuff, and then now you have a kid brother, and like, oh, there's a new Godzilla film, and you show them this, I guarantee they'll be terrified. Um, uh, and they gave him a slightly, like, new subtle roars, makes him feel more animalistic, versus just doing the iconic, you know, noise that we hear. I'm not going to do it because I can't do it justice. Um, but uh, what my one of my favorite parts of, of it is that to emphasize the new suit... Which looks so clean, uh, in a good way. Like it looks, it look, it looks so faithful to the original design, but ah, so much fresher. Um, if that's the word I'm looking for. But my favorite part of the mo- favorite parts of the movie is when they would zoom in on his face when he would roar, and like you would see his mouth flap open, and you see all his teeth. It's just so menacing. Oh yeah, you use gifs of that all the time on Twitter. Yeah, um, and I loved how big they made him. Like, he's huge here. Like, isn't he bigger in this one than he was in the show era? Like, yes, what's 80 meters translated in uh, basic metric? Um, let's see, 80 meters. And... He is... 262 feet. Yeah, he's 262 feet. What was he in uh, the show era? Like what was he like forty five, something like that. Uh, I believe it was. I believe it was one hundred sixty feet. One hundred sixty feet. So he's gotten at least um, almost one hundred feet, one hundred foot taller. 
Um, and it shows like there's a lot of great angles where you're either looking up at him or you're looking at him through windows. They do a great job of because in the latter Showa era, it's once you get after Astro's Astro monster, it's kind of hard to tell how big Godzilla is because it's usually like you know obviously the the cities aren't built to scale. At least maybe they were, but they don't. They look they look fake. Um, but here, yeah. but here you have him rampaging through downtown Shinguku, Shinjuku, and like you see how tall the skyscrapers are, and you see how tall he is, and it's just holy shit! It's, he's huge. Yeah, the scale um, of uh, all the scale of all those scenes and the miniatures is top notch. I absolutely loved it. It's great. This is one of my favorite ones. Is when he you can see his head peeking over a building and he just he's just roaring. That's actually an attraction in in Tokyo, where like they have it's called Godzilla Avenue or something like that. And it's just his big like that shot from the movie from this movie, and him just like claw, like peering over this building and just you can hear his music and. Uh, it's there's such there's such good uh, cinematography stuff with this, um, but they nailed it again uh, with with this redesign. Um, I mean, I love the the latter half Showa era redesign with you know Mechagodzilla one, but this one is just it's it's a nice blend of what worked before, but with a, with modern sensibility. Yeah. All right. So, do we want to talk about the Super X? Uh, we probably should, and no, it is not a laxative. It's not a laxative. So, um, despite the gra- like, you would think this movie's grounded, and it's presented like ninety five percent grounded for a Godzilla movie, right? It's very realistic in its settings and its play and its characters. But then during a meeting between Japan's like leaders, they says, "Well, we have the Super X. The fuck is the Super X? It's a literal flying fortress, like a spaceship." Um, like I thought it was gonna be like a tank or something, but no, it, no it's, it's, it's just a literal UFO that defies all scientific uh, justification. Yeah, it's like we've been using our budget to secretly build this. I'm like, okay, here's here's that Showa era spirit in there. That's that's exactly <laughs> what that is. Um, but oddly enough, as odd as it is, I don't think it detracts from the movie. I think it, I think it adds more fun to it, especially when it goes head to head with Godzilla. Yeah, seeing as there's uh, no giant monsters for Godzilla to fight in this one. This one gives him a considerable amount of challenge. Agreed. Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was drinking something. Um, yeah, agreed. And I think it's such a, I think it's such a cool design ship. Um, it looks really unique. Um, and we're gonna see the Super X come back multiple, multiple times. Um, but. I, I just, like, you would think, like, and even, like, the military weapons, like, some of the military weapons are, like, lasers and stuff like that, so it's, like, it's not completely, um, realistic, right? It, it, there's, there's elements of still that this is a science fiction movie, let's, let's still play with that, let's not commit to it 100%, but let's, let's throw in elements in there just to keep things fresh. Yeah, it's, it's something that's familiar, but still feels fresh. Exactly. Um, how did you feel about the score? Because obviously this is not Akira Fukube this time. I really enjoyed the score in this film. Like, uh, whenever Godzilla's on the screen, uh, the score um, makes it so that it makes him feel more menacing, you know? Like, when he's trampling on uh, uh, towards the cityscapes and all that, and just blowing up helicopters and planes and shit, 
like the score just adds to it, and I absolutely enjoy it. Yeah, it's very like like it's it's not like any other Godzilla theme before. It's its own original thing, and I agree with you. It it adds a level of tension to those scenes. Um, it makes it makes it seem it, it, it like it's like it's the kind of music you would hear like oh, during natural disaster. You know, like this omnipotent ver- force of doom is coming towards us. What can we do to stop it? Um, so while it isn't Akira Fukube, I I think it's a damn good score on its own, and I, I don't like. It's hard to compete with with the Fukube, who comes back later in the Heisei era for sure. Um, but uh, I, I think this. I think. Um, I think uh, Reijiro Kuruka did did a fantastic job on it. In all honesty, um, agreed. All right, all right. So let let's let, let let's go on to the American version, which we did not oh, see. Oh boy! But so there is a there is another cut of this movie. So um, much similar, very much similar. I'll let Tyler give the spiel. Tyler, you give the spiel on why the fuck do we have an American version of this movie? Okay, so, you know how there was an American version of Gojira, right? With uh, Raymond Burr in the leading role, just uh, having him inserted into the story haphazardly? You know, still a fine film and all, but uh, for some reason, uh, when when, uh, Return of Godzilla was making the rounds of Japan, they decided to uh, make an English cut for uh, international audiences to see. And uh, they brought back Raymond Burr, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a massively cut-down version of the film. Like, they cut down 20 minutes of uh, raw footage from it, and made a whole bunch of edits to Americanize the film. Yep, including, this is the only thing I know of, uh, and and if this is your notes, I apologize, Tyler, a lot of product placement for Dr. Pepper. Yes, like according to the Wikipedia article here, it said that they wanted uh, Burr to drink Dr Pepper on screen, but all he did was uh, give him a scowl and said nothing. <laughs> Just like the fuck, you want me to drink this shit? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, and it's such a different version of the movie. Um, I think it's a war. Like having seen the original. Of the 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 American version of Gojira and this this is su- this version is such a it takes the meat out of the film in my opinion. Yeah, like at least with the the fifty six American version of Gojira, they at least keep it faithful to the message. Here, probably not so much. No, no, uh, it's 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 far far from it. Um, I mean, cool, cool that they brought Raymond Burr back. Like that's such that like given that it's a direct sequel, that's I think that's a nice touch, right? I think it would have been like you know. Uh, also, fun fact I just remembered. Uh, yeah. You know how his character is named Steve Martin in the original. Yes. They, they just they just call him Mister Martin in this version of the movie because the actor Steve Martin was still popular at the time. Exactly. That would have confused people like Steve like that's not Steve Martin. Steve Mar- Steve Martin's in the Godzilla movie? What is this? Um yeah. That would have that would have confused a lot of people. Um I, I think what bothers me most about the movie about that version of the movie cuz I've seen that version of the movie like a long time ago. Um is uh is they uh 
you know, they it's just so much product placement. And I think like when people talk about egregious product placement, that's it. There's literally vending machines, the US corporal officers are drinking Dr. Pepper. Like, why are you drinking Dr. Pepper? You're in the US Army. Stop doing that. You shouldn't be putting that shit in your mouth. Um So uh it's yeah I'm gonna I think Tyler, you can agree with me on this. Don't watch the American version. Just just don't. Yeah. I volunteered to skip the American version and just stick with the Japanese one. Yeah, thankfully that's not going to be a problem going forward. Um, but let's talk about the finale before we wrap it up. Uh, so how do we stop Godzilla this time? Obviously we have no dirt to Sarazawa to create an auction destroyer. Um, so basically the idea is to lure Godzilla to... Is it Mount Fuji? I believe it's Mount Fuji, right? Uh, it's not Mount Fuji. It was, is that Mount uh, Fuji? Okay. I forget the name of it. Let me see here. Da, da, da. Mount Mihara. Mount Mihara, which is a which is a volcano. Um, at least I think it's a volcano because there's lava. There was lava exploding in the movie. Yeah. Um, they basically planted mines, and they were going to use uh, it like a, a, during Godzilla's early attack on the power plant, which is the first time you see him. They noticed he that gets Godzilla, distracted by birds. He was distracted by birds. Like, oh, birds! Godzilla. This version of Godzilla has ADD. Um, and uh, so in but the last they, one, the the other one was distracted by pretty lights. True. Yes, Godzilla just is just is constantly have AED no matter what version that he is. Um, but Godzilla, they really using and actually this is really cool because they basically tie in Godzilla's like you know brain like oh he must have something similar to birds where like they have something in their head in their brain in their brain to you know follow follow something uh, that leads I think something with magnetism or something like that which that's really cool. It's like an internal compass. Yes, it's 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 super cool, and so they basically manipulate like uh bird recordings and they have godzilla basically chase them to mount nihara and they explode that son of a bitch and godzilla pretty much just collapses into it and they bury him alive it's basically the a recreation or probably the conceptualization of the ending for tekken 2 a little bit yeah but minus the uh the kazuya smirk minus the asshole father uh rolling away in a helicopter yeah um yeah so yeah that's and the i and like the the end is very melancholy like it's not a happy ending like yeah they defeated godzilla but like there's all this destruction and they really do show godzilla like just outright killing people like him like there's points where he grabs like the trains and just stomps on it and just you know like just wiggles it around like granted they're not showing it in your face but like he's killing people there's a body cam. Yeah, and his his atomic breath just burns people alive. Yeah, they they like on his first attack, uh, the U.S. Sol- uh, against not U.S. soldiers against Japan against the JSDF, uh, they do everything they can to repel it, and he just goes his atomic breath, and they're done. There's even like they don't go all the way with it, but like they show the soldiers being on fire from the atomic breath, but then they just cut away, and I I kind of wanted to see like their bones. Like, I'll, like you just see their bones because that's what would happen, but you don't. I think they probably blew the they probably blew the gigantic budget for the movie uh, for that uh, on all the explosions and practical effects used in this film. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Which I think gives credence to the film. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a beautiful ending. Uh, honestly, it's a very somber ending, and it kind of feels like you don't really need to continue further with the Heisei era. Similar, very similar to the uh, original one, where it just it ends with Godzilla's defeat and supposed death. Yeah, like it's pretty uh, somber, all things considered. 
Yeah, in, in like except nobody, nobody from the good guys uh, dies. Um, I don't think like like in the first one. Um, they come um, close to it. Yep. Um, only Sarazawa was the only person that died, and he sacrificed himself. Then yeah. here, uh, none of the main uh, good guys really die. No, but they were in a scariest situation by being trapped in that apartment complex as Godzilla was attacking, and you know that that shit was terrifying. Um, yeah. That was that was not like no. Uh the homeless man though was 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 very funny. Um where he's where he's in the uh, hotel and just basically taking all the food from the kitchen and he gets mad at Godzilla for talking, like what are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. I'm trying to eat here, man. What are you doing here, peasant? Yeah, it's it's great. Him shit talking Godzilla was super great. Uh that was the perfect amount of comedy that the movie needed. Um Yes. But uh, let, let's let's conclude the first episode of season two. Tyler, what do you rate Godzilla Returns slash Godzilla 1984? I'm going to give this four stars out of five. This film recaptured the anti-nuclear message of the original Gojira and adapted it to a more modern setting. It's a breath of fresh air, especially after watching the goofier films in the series. Overall, Return of Godzilla is a a fascinating movie that reminds you no nuclear weapons are safe and their existence only leads to disaster. Wow, that was beautiful. Um, I'm also going to give it four stars. It's a harsher, like, just the same thing with you. Uh, It's a harsh, it's another harsh reminder. I feel like every generation has to have a new Godzilla movie just to remind us the dangers of nuclear weapons and, like... Even Shin is like that too. A little bit of a spoiler, but that's that's not a spoiler. It's a Godzilla movie, um, but that was that was the eighties of, of that time where it's about. Except instead of it being about you know Nagasaki and um, um, in in Hiroshima, uh, it's about you know the Soviet Union and the United States pointing nuclear guns at each other while the rest of the world is suffer- is forced to watch. Um, I think the political message is perfect. I think it's great. Um, I think. It's really powerful. The cast is not amazing, but they they do get the job done. It's it's very it's it's very it's acted professionally. There's nothing goofy about their acting. They take it very they take it seriously. Um, you know they give credence and it gives credence to the film. It gives legitimacy to the film for a reboot uh, of the series. I think it's a great way to start it off. Um, fantastic. Four stars out of five. Nice. All right, so that's gonna do it, everybody, for episode for season two, episode one of Godzilla nineteen eighty five. So, this is my teaser for next week. Uh, it's a versus movie. Next week, it's the movie you want, but the movie you can't watch. Ladies and gentlemen, next week we will be back with Godzilla versus Biollante. Uh, Tyler, where can the people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at hey it's that tie. I also uh, uh, stream games sometimes over at twitch.tv backslash tigershoes1. I've also made a couple of uh, Godzilla video game reviews for the Atomic Shot YouTube and website. Uh, the first one was on Destroy All Monsters Melee, and uh, at the time this vi- this uh, episode goes up, I will be finished with uh, the second episode, Godzilla Save the Earth. Alright, please go check that out. They're they're very, very good. Or, yes, they are. They're both very, very uh, good. Sorry. 
Um, you can find me at twitter.com slash marvelous Iggy for all things related to the marvelous one. And you can check the pinned tweet in my Twitter for my new video on Dandara trials of fear, um, trials of fear edition, but I don't, I like saying trials of fear. Um, so go check that out. It's a wonderful Metroidvania game. Please check out my review. The devs, it's approved by the developers and I can actually fucking say that. Um, so that's, there, that's creating right there. Uh, follow me on Twitch. Uh, watch me stream every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Iggy2814 where I pretty much stream whatever the fuck I want. Um, come help me make affiliate because I'm actually not that far from making affiliate. Um, so I hope to see you there. Do it, nerds. Um, and uh, we again, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you all next week for the movie you want, but with the movie you can't have. It's Godzilla versus Biolante time. Until next time, go go Godzilla. I don't have a joke planned. Damn, Tyler. <laughs>